0: Welcome to LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Perrot, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses and live coaching sessions that empower women to become confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back and let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of LWDG Pod Dog. Joining me this week is the lovely Alex Morgan, who is one of our LWDG Society founding members. She's been with us right from the start and also an operations manager for ASA Dog Training. How are you today, Alex? I'm really well, thank you, Joe, and thank you for your time. When you contacted me about this podcast... You really opened my eyes to something that I haven't, you know, heard about before. And then the title of this podcast is sort of like Surviving the Storm and the journey that you've gone through. Immune-mediated hemolytic anemia. Even I have difficulty saying it. But we call it IMHA through this, so it's easier for, for everybody. But it's your journey that you've gone through with your dog um, in relation to this disease, isn't it? It is,
1: and we're still in very early days. So um, it was just over six weeks ago um, that it all kind of kicked off and um, resulted, I guess, in her having a blood transfusion just over six weeks ago. So it's very early days. We were told that the process would be about four to six months. So we're still very much in, in it at the moment.
0: So if we start right at the beginning, can you share your sort of personal experience when you first discovered your dog had IMAJ? how did you notice there was something wrong? Okay, so um,
1: it was nothing really specific, she's just, she'd never been poorly before, she'd never had any issues with anything at all. Um, we're kind of a little bit naughty. And in the morning, my husband gets up really early. He just leaves the door open. She comes bolting straight up the stairs and hops on the bed and goes back to sleep. And this particular Saturday, she didn't do that. She didn't come up. And my husband came back up and said she'd been a little bit sick. He said, nothing much, just a little bit sick. So I got up to clean it up. She just stayed in her bed, which was really unusual. But I just thought, she doesn't feel very well if <laughs> it happens. And during, because it was a Saturday, we spent a lot of time out in the garden. Um, she'd had puppies last August. We had one of the puppies staying. So we were out in the garden a lot. She was out with us. But every time I kind of went towards the house, she wanted to be back inside. So she wanted to be with us, but she kind of wanted to rest as well. So she wasn't 100%. But I just kind of thought, she's been a little bit sick, she's not feeling well, give it a couple of days, she'll be okay. Later that night, I went out in the garden with the two of them, just for them to have a wee before we went to bed. She went on the grass right by the front door and I could see and her wee looked really dark, really, really dark. And this had happened to my lab back in November and we lost him. diagnosed cancer really really widespread and we lost him very quickly so i kind of panicked a little bit when i saw that her wee was really dark and i thought i should ring the vet it was nine o'clock on saturday night i rang them it said this line is for emergencies only so i put the phone down thinking perhaps it's not an emergency had a look online um blood in your dog's urine you need to see a vet within 24 hours so i thought right It is an emergency. So I called them, spoke to the nurse. She spoke to the vet. And then she said to me, the vet's happy to see you if that's what you want. Do you want to come in or do you just want to chat to someone on the phone? And I was like, no, I want to come in. So so we went in and they checked her over. They said she had really high temperature. Her heart was racing. she was showing signs of anemia like from her gums and that they said we need to do some blood tests um are you happy just to wait so I just waited in the waiting room while they took her off and they came back and I just kind of knew straight away she's just said she kind of she sat down next to me and she said it's really very serious
0: so if we take people uh into the disease a little bit so immune mediated hemolytic anemia. This is um, when it's basically severe anemia, isn't it? It's caused by the antibodies in the dog targeting its red blood cells.
1: Yes. So it's an autoimmune condition where the immune system starts attacking the red blood cells and destroying them. And it can be Secondary to something else, so she could it could be caused by an infection or a cancer tumor or something like that, or it can be primary where there is no reason whatsoever; it
0: just happens. So when I looked into this, because again, when you contacted me, I was like, right, if we can do a podcast, I need to know a little bit about this because I hadn't heard about it at all, and I went on pdsa's site, the PDSA site. And um, it says um, 60 to 75% of the cases are primary. And it's when the immune system attacks their blood cells for no apparent reason. But certain breeds such as cocked spaniels, springer spaniels, irish setters, poodles, collies, and old English sheepdogs are more, pri- uh, more prone to primary IMHA. So there may be a genetic element to it, but it's not yet been proven in this. But when I read that, I sort of felt like... Oh, these are like the dogs that most of us spend a lot of our time loving to death. Um, you know, I didn't even know this was something that could just happen in one of our spaniels. Yeah. It's, it's incredible that it's so
1: serious, um, and can manifest itself so quickly and they can go downhill so fast and, I feel that I'm really, really lucky because I do work from home. I am with my dog, all my waking hours pretty much. So I know her really well and I can recognize if there is something that's not quite right. But a lot of the time it can happen so quickly. And so people may not notice that there's a problem until their blood count levels get so low and it affects their organs, like their kidneys, the liver, and, and they just get to the point of collapse. And then, and then it's really difficult. And I, and I think because we spotted this so early and took her to the vet, and the local vets were very good and they kept her in for two days, but after two days, they said, she needs to be at a specialist's. And they said, can you come and get her? And I was like, yes, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And I took her straight to the specialist. So then on the Monday, the specialists ran a load of tests and confirmed that it was a primary case. And they started um, medicating her for that um, with high dose steroids. But then by the Tuesday, her blood levels had dropped further, and they just rang me and they said, We need to go straight to blood transfusion. Are you happy to do that? But if she hadn't already been at the specialists, they wouldn't have been able to act so quickly. So I was really lucky that the local vets recognized that it, it might eventuate in her needing a blood transfusion, and it was better for her to be in the right place that that could happen quickly if it was needed. And it was.
0: We're talking now about things like steroids blood transfusions the speed of this having to happen specialists like it's a dreadful thing for it to happen to any dog but it's also a very costly thing to happen to a dog isn't it yeah yeah did your dog need to go on to some of the other sort of treatments did she need like anti clocking medication or was there anything else they had to do what was the procedure ongoing for her
1: yes so So they started off with the hydro steroids and um, blood thinners because when the immune, I'm not medically qualified, but when the immune system starts attacking, it sends out like the antibodies to attack the blood, the red blood cells and the antibodies sticking to the red blood cells make the blood very sticky and it clots. And um, the vet said the highest risk of mortality at, in the early stages is from a blood clot traveling to the lungs and so that's why they put them on the blood thinners as well so she was on um she was on the high dose steroids, the blood thinners something else called atopica which she's still on so I'm not sure if that's a different I'm not sure if that's a different well,
0: this isn't a veterinarian uh, <laughs> podcast. We are looking at this from from an owner's perspective. Yeah. Um. Were there sort of things that were obviously you were dreadfully worried for her her survival at this point yeah. And her ongoing welfare. Were there things that were happening there that has affected her n- that as she goes on each day now? Um.
1: No. So she's still on the medications and she's still on. So initially she was seeing the vet every week for blood tests to check that her blood count was going in the right direction and, and climbing. And fortunately it was. And so then they reduced the high dose steroids a little bit. And we only go for blood tests once a fortnight now. So She's all heading in the right direction. It was kind of scary, though, when they when they rang me and said, she's doing well, you can come and collect her and take her home rather than feeling like elated. I was really worried because I thought, well, she's in the best place at the vet's. If I bring her home and I miss something or she goes downhill, what do I what do I do? But the vet was fantastic and said, you know, your dog, you know what to spot. And I suppose I spotted it in the first place. Um, but they told me what to look out for. They told me to like, watch, her, keep an eye on her gums, that they're not really pale and keep an eye that she's not like really panting unnecessarily or not unnecessarily, but unusually. Um, so I did kind of know what to look out for and um, yeah, she's doing well. And it's
0: fantastic to hear that. Um... Because the mortality rate for this can be, if, it's, if it's, the onset is severe, the chances of survival are quite low, aren't they? They really are. And, and I actually, when I first took her
1: back for her first set of blood tests, I said to the vet, I said, she's my little miracle. I said, she, she had one foot on that bridge. And the vet said to me, she was really thinking about it. And I was completely shocked. I was like, I'd read an awful lot about people who have lost their dogs to this disease, but when the vet actually said that, it really kind of brought it home, like how serious it was. And and we are only six weeks in, and you do forget, but it was a horrible, horrible time.
0: You know, we wanted to do this, and you said to me when you contacted me about the podcast about, obviously, we don't want to scare manga people. That's not no. the concept or the idea of the no. podcast. It is literally awareness, isn't it? It's to be to be looking out for these things, to be keeping an eye on, like you just said, you, you knew there was something slightly off and you, it made yeah. you very aware to look for other symptoms. Yeah. For people who think, oh, well, my dog could be unwell, what would you, what, what's your sort of advice to them? Okay, so that's, that's the message that
1: like, I really, really, really want to get out there. And, and I think I acted really quickly because i'd only lost my my um, labrador a few months before so i was already not in a great place from having lost him so this little girl means the world to me and um and i think that's why i acted so quickly and i think the fact that she's doing so well now is is one because we acted so quickly and two because of the absolutely amazing care that she's had from the vet specialists Um, and we're really lucky because they're only like half an hour away and they're one of the top vets in europe so we're really really grateful to them um but i just i don't want to panic people i just want people to be aware that this horrible condition is out there and the outcome doesn't need to be bleak the outcomes can be good it, it can all turn out okay. But you just need, you know, if you think that your dog is really, really panting for no reason, or if you think that they are unusually lethargic, or if you notice that their gums look um, paler than usual, like a kind of beigey, yellowy kind of color rather than that pink color, then just get them checked. It's worth getting them checked.
0: On the website that will, there's always like a little write up that goes along with each podcast episode. We've got a photo on there of pale gums so that people are like, oh, what does that look like? They really are pale on there. They, they are close to the colour of a healthy tooth. This is very pale, isn't it? It is very pale. Yeah.
1: And it's kind of um, should have taken a picture of hers. But um, it is kind of a, yeah, like a yellowy, beigey colour
0: yeah pink so obviously you've got ongoing medication for her you know mm-hmm. have you had to change anything about her food or drink or her exercise yeah regime?
1: yeah I did so um I used to feed her on just um dried biscuits um and she's never been the best eater ever since we had her as a puppy she was never that fussed about eating, she was really hard to train. She didn't like any of the treats that we gave her. She was a really fussy eater. When I took her, when she was in at the local vets for a couple of days, they did say to me, um, she's eating really well. And I thought, that's a bit bizarre because she never eats really well. And then when I took her to the specialist and they, they checked the notes and I said, they must've been giving her like wet food if she was eating. And they said, yeah, it does say on here wet food. So I've changed her food. Um, and I've gone to um, button up box, um, wet, wet food. Um, and she, that she eats that really well, which is really good because her medication, she has to have some an hour before food and some she has to have with her food. So it's really important to me that she's eating well. And one of the side effects of the steroids can be that they have an increased appetite. And she's just ravenous all the time. And so it's a combination of nicer food for her and and the steroids, I guess. But she does eat really, really well. Um, and it hasn't made any difference to her weight. She hasn't, she hasn't put on lots of weight or anything, despite the fact that she's eating more and exercising less.
0: And has it affected your exercise, how you train, what you can do going forward? Yeah, yeah. It really has
1: because, um, because of the steroids that they give her, they are to, they are to shut down her immune system because her immune system was destroying her red blood cells. They then had to shut the immune system down completely to give her red blood cells a chance to um, recreate and which then means that she has no immunity. So we used to go every week to agility training and scent work training. We had to stop instantly because she can't be in crowds or, you know, be around other dogs really. And she can't really go out anywhere where there's other dogs. So we've not been anywhere for about six weeks. Um, We're very lucky we have a very big garden so she's out there and when she started to pick up a bit I really noticed now she goes crazy for the birds and the squirrels and everything And so she's having a lovely time in the garden but I think it is time that she's going a little bit stir crazy now which is which is a good thing and um, the place where we go to agility training they've let me have private hire of the arena so last week we went back for the first time into the arena. And she was just amazing. And I was crying. She was brilliant. It was so good to see her out and about again so soon. You just like, you would not believe that this dog had a blood transfusion like six weeks ago. Incredible.
0: It is lovely to hear that there's been sort of a positive outcome for this. Long term, the, the treatment now will go on for months for you, won't it? Even though she's back to be in the dog, yeah. you you know and love you've still got to keep that treatment up for for quite a while
1: yes so the 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 main um high dose steroids she was on 30 milligrams initially and then it went down to 20 we're now down to 12 and a half but it always worries me every time we go back for a blood test because they're reducing it very slowly each time but my worry is that this immune system is gonna start destroying the rest. So every time we go for a blood test, I'm just like, oh, I hope it's still going up. I hope it's still going up Um, at the moment it is, but there is always a risk that they're gonna relapse. So yeah, at the moment it's going well, but
0: yeah. Well, hopefully it stays well. And (laughs) for many owners, it does stay well permanently doesn't it and yes. I, I I can probably understand more than most that that feeling that oh my god is it gonna come back yeah um, exactly. but for you I think it's it's just staying positive and doing what you're doing of, of just keeping that gentle awareness in your mind isn't it it is it
1: is definitely I mean the vet has said that I can take her out walking now across the fields like obviously I want to avoid other dogs um I've bought a little label for her lead, which says no dogs, just to not not because she's going to attack them or anything, but just because I want them to stay away. Um, there's not too, do- too many dogs out the back, so I can just take her for a walk out there, which will be lovely, um, but yeah, it is. It's just being aware and watching for those signs. I mean, at the moment, it's fine. We do get seen every couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, they did say four to six months. So I'm thinking it might be a little bit quicker. They seem absolutely amazed every time I take her, they, they can't really believe the progress that she's made. So it is good, but I just think it's because we got her in so quickly because a lot of times they don't see them until till they're at the point of collapse, really. I mean-
0: I think like it's tragic you losing the other dog, but losing the other dog, gave you the recognition when you saw her pee that, that something wasn't quite right. Um, mm. But even people listening to this now, the this conversation will somewhere stick in their mind, and it will help so many people. Where you're just looking, you're thinking like like you first of all thinking, oh, is she just a bit poorly? This conversation might pop up in their in their memory and go, oh, I will just go go check this one. Yeah, yeah,
1: because I don't think. Well, I think, yeah, she did have the dark, the dark um, urine because of the breakdown of her red blood cells. So that, that was definitely one of the signs, but it's not very often that you stand and watch your dog having a wee, really. <laughs> that's, not, that's kind of the last thing that you would notice. But I, I just think it would have been very, very easy for me to just say, she's a bit off color, I'm gonna leave it a couple of days. And it was just by chance that I happened to let her out the front door and she weed right near the front door. And I saw it. And yeah, it was just so lucky. So so lucky.
0: But also the fact that when you were offered the, you know, should you do just talk, talk to the or come in? You said, yeah. mm, I'll come in. You know, there yeah. was something in your instinct saying, mm, this isn't just the uh, is my dog okay? It has he something? Yeah. There was something in you telling you, wasn't there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was, and it's, and the other thing I would say, um, I've not really been, um, a big, not a big fan, but I've never been that pro insurance and I didn't have my Labrador insured and he cost me a lot of money and I didn't have it at the end. I had insured my spaniel because she was having the puppies and That's why she was covered and it was due to expire within like the next couple of weeks. And I was wavering as to whether I was going to keep up with her insurance. I can tell you 100% I will never not insure my dog ever again. But it takes the worry away. And when you sit there with the consultant at the specialists and she's, we could do this, we could do this, we could do that. This is how much she's going to cost. I was just like, Go right ahead. You do what you have to do. Um, because she's completely covered.
0: And that I think is something, you know, we know with working dogs sometimes they're not the, the best to cover us, or if you've got a big team, it can cost a lot of money. But and like cost said, a- it's a bit like house insurance, isn't it? What's the yeah. chances you're gonna ever need your buildings and content? Yeah. But having it in place makes a huge difference if the worst happens. Because like you said, when it does happen, it's an expensive lesson. Oh my goodness. Seriously, yeah. We are over, over £6,000 at the moment. And for a lot of people, especially with everything that's going on at the moment, that's £6,000 that they wouldn't have to, to make those decisions you've made. <sighs> yeah, just horrendous. So going forward, um, what is your dog's name? I just realized you've been through a whole podcast and oh. I'm honored by your name. Peppa. Peppa, fantastic yeah. name. You'll have to send me a, a picture of her so I can put it on the podcast. Uh, I will. Because well. um, thank you so much for sharing this um, journey with us. It, it's, it's invaluable to people to to know these things happen to to raise awareness we're not all about raising our training level we are not about raising all our all our knowledge about dogs so thank you for mm. this um if anybody wants to find you you're one of our founders you're in a society member lounge yes yep. fantastic so they can find you there have a chat to you there yeah thank you again so much for doing this Thank you for being part of our membership and thank you to all our listeners. I hope that you have found this invaluable in just updating you, making you aware of something else and being aware of, you know, for the dogs like the Cockers, the Springers, the Irish setters, Poodles, Collies, Old English Sheepdogs, this is something they can be prone to. It doesn't mean they have it, but it does mean there's something that you need to be aware of in your mind, acknowledging in your mind, as can I rule this out where my dog is unwell. Um, so we hope that you've enjoyed this week's pod uh, dog and we would love for you to subscribe, leave your review and we'll speak to you all very soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. If you're interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning and keep working with your beloved gun dog.